Thank you, Pastor Phil and Diane. What an honor to be with you. I am thrilled to get to know some of you and be introduced to some of you I've never met before. And I told Pastor Phil, when it's possible, I will be here. You know, we all need this kind of fellowship. I was very used to being busy every day, ministering consistently and uh, working in Africa. And then I came here and was actually packing to return to Kenya when we went into lockdown. And I began to have a series of dreams. I had four dreams that were very impactful and made it clear I would not be returning to Africa to live. From the dreams, I I don't think I was forbidden to ever go back and maybe stay a few weeks at a time. You can get a lot done in a a few weeks. But, um, you know, I've, I've been in a tremendous period of adjustment because I've given heart, soul, mind, and strength there. And I would come here and feel unusual when I would be in the land of my birth. I would go back and say, ah, this is where I belong. I mean, such is the grace of God. And so now it's a bit in reverse. (laughs) And I'm being re-Americanized. Hallelujah. I'll always be an African-American, though. That will never change. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. What precious praise and worship. Oh, my goodness. Three beautiful voices. Of course, we know our instrumentalist is very gifted of God. And um, But they're a precious, hallelujah, but a precious spirit has been overlaid upon us. We just want to honor the Lord in that. And Father, we just thank you for this time together in your holy presence. Father, you've told us to eat and drink and enjoy ourselves, but also to eat of your word. And so, Father, I ask for your blessing on what I'm going to share. I ask you to open the eyes of the understanding of your people. And pour out your spirit, pour out the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done for us. Father, do a deep work on the inside as only you can do. I thank you for meeting needs that are impossible for men to meet, but all things are possible with you. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for the outpouring of your peace, the peace that passes all understanding. May it encompass our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And amen. Well, it's such an honor for me to be here today. I'm going to minister to you on what I feel like 
the Lord gave me. And now if I were in Kenya, this would be a 25-part series. I was famous in Kenya. I would say, church, open up your Bibles. This is part 25 of our series on whatever it would be, the righteousness of God or whatever it would be. So I want to to deposit a lot in a short period of time. Uh, I am in a position that I haven't ever been in in my life, and that is I'm able to watch and pray more than I've ever had the time to do. I have more time by myself to watch and pray. And church, I just have to say, since I've been here, I've been astonished at the things that are unfolding on the earth. I find it quite astonishing. Um, I, I find it astonishing how much blasphemy there is. We used to think the H word and the D word were just nobody used those words, but now that's that's not even part of it anymore. <laughs> it's it's just the ease with pe- which people blaspheme God and the ease with which they oppose Him. And I can tell there's such an effort afoot to sideline Christianity in the United States of America. In fact, I find much less honor for the gospel in America than I do in Kenya, where our previous president and vice president, when they were sworn in after a long, hard battle... Uh, got down on their knees to take their oath of office, both of them being professing Christians. And I, I find it that it's good is being called evil, and evil is being called good to an astonishing degree. And I find the righteous are being persecuted. And that there is a great love of wickedness and we exalt wickedness and and we're exalting sexual perversion and the perversion even of the male gender and the female gender. I haven't been able to keep up with how many genders that they say there are now. I'm not even really trying to keep up with that. And I think I had in my mind that all of that was going to come forth after I was in heaven. I I didn't realize really that it would come forth in my lifetime and that we would see the things that are going on in the nations. Now, this is the leading nation in the earth. All the other nations look to the United States for leadership. And so when you see the leading nation in the earth undergoing what it's undergoing, it is to be a great alert to the body of Christ. And I believe it's going on 
because before the end comes, there's going to be a great worldwide harvest and a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation, and there will be a great end time harvest. I pray with other intercessors that there will be at least a billion souls reaped in this end time harvest. Well, we have a part in it or we would not be here. And so just understand, it doesn't matter what age we are. We're here for a purpose. And the overarching purpose of why we're here is that God's kingdom would come through us. God's will would be done through us. And that we would be used of God until we draw our very last breath. May I hear an amen. Amen. So, Satan is trying to stop that. He is trying to pervert the times of God and the time of this great end time harvest to stop it. But I'm telling you, we're here to rise up in Jesus' name and oppose every plot and plan that he has in the name of Jesus. And so... Church, God has assignments we've not yet fulfilled, and we will continue to fill them until the very end. May I hear an amen? Amen. Realize today you have an assignment from God. We are called to stand in the gap. Hallelujah. And so one of... The most significant things for one who is on assignment from God and standing in the gap. I kept hearing this as I prepared to minister to you. Is the command of the Lord to be strong. This is a command of the Lord. That his people are to be strong. Hallelujah. Everyone say be strong. Hallelujah. What does it mean to be strong? Church, it means to take courage. Take courage. We're called to be courageous. Not in our own strength. But what the Lord would do in our own hearts enables us to be strong. My strength can fail. Your strength can fail. But the Lord's strength never fails. My courage may fail. But the Lord is the line of the tribe of Judah. And his courage never fails. Hallelujah. In our own strength, left to our own strength, Satan can overcome us. But through the Lord's strength, Satan is defeated every time. 
church to be strong, the Lord would tell us, do not fear for I am with you. I am your God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you till the end. And so one of the things that we have to protect and guard and be very aware of is that we're called to be strong. Now, I know the years are passing and sometimes we may get out of bed and we don't feel very strong first thing in the morning. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But just understand, you have an assignment each and every day, and that assignment is be strong. Everyone say that with me. Be strong. This is your assignment each and every day. No matter what's on the news, no matter what's in the newspapers, no matter what new thing they come up with in opposition to God, we are called to be strong. In fact, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 27 in the Amplified Bible says, but now this is the Amplified, but God has selected us for his purpose. I want you to receive this. I want you to receive an assignment today that maybe you didn't realize the degree to which the Lord is depending on you for his will to be accomplished. But God has selected for his purpose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, revealing their ignorance. And God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, revealing their futility. You know, every one of the weapons the enemy is forming against God's people, against the church, against the word, against our assignment to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Church, it is futile. As long as we're strong. He is defeated. He has been defeated. And we are assigned in our generation to proclaim and declare his defeat. Hallelujah. But do you know that takes strength? It's not just something we say, but it is in the power of the might of the Holy Spirit that we proclaim Satan's defeat from the revelation that God has given us. Listen, I I found a translation I'm really enjoying. It's the voice translation. And listen what it says in... um, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. it says, but celebrate this. God's selected the world's foolish to bring, to, sh- to bring shame upon those who think they are wise. 
Likewise, he selected the world's weak to bring disgrace upon those who think they are strong. Hallelujah. Church, we're here to disgrace the devil. Hallelujah. That's part of our assignment. We are here to make him look foolish and to bring disgrace upon him. But sometimes as as we look at everything, we may feel, Lord, what on earth can I do? What difference can I make? What in the world is the church going to do? It can just seem like we're not really winning the battle. Our ancestor, King David, came up strongly in my heart as I was preparing this. And King David was a, a man after God's own heart, but church, he, he definitely had his battles. And King David knew what it was like to look defeated and feel defeated and feel inadequate and uh, overwhelmed by the attacks of the enemy. I want to read some scripture to you from 1 Samuel 30. When David faced such opposition and apparent defeat, from the enemy. This is the New Living Translation. And beginning with verse 1, it says, Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreel and Abigail, from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. It amazes me no mention is made of their wives, just their sons and daughters that they were weeping over. And they began to talk of stoning David. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, my dear ones, this was one of the lowest points in David's life. David had had many low points in his life. And I want to tell you a lot of people don't associate with King David what that he did experience time and time again is rejection. David experienced rejection after rejection in his life. First of all, he was rejected by his own father, 
Remember when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel, he didn't even remember that he had a son named David. And so he was not presented to the prophet. And the prophet had to say, are, are these all the sons that you have? And then the father remembered, well, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember now. There is one more out in the field tending sheep. Church, are you with me? Now that, that has to cut deep when your own father doesn't care anything about having you around. And church, he was rejected by his brothers. It, I read one time that some scholars think David's mother was not the mother of these other sons that his mother may have been a maid or a concubine or whatever because he was never included with his own brothers. He was rejected by his brothers. I don't know if that's true. Churchy was rejected by his king. King Saul wanted to kill David. He was rejected by Israel. He was he went, he had nowhere else to go fleeing from Saul. He went to live among his enemy, the Philistines, and they gave him Ziklag. But then when a battle came up, they wouldn't let him go to battle. He was even rejected by his enemy. And then now we come to first Samuel 30 and the very men that David had invested his life, his strength into, they became known as the mighty men of David. His own mighty men are rejecting him. He was at such a low point in his life that it looked like they might even stone him. Don't you imagine he could have had the thought, not again, I'm being rejected again. But church, David knew where to go with all of his hurts, all of his heartache, all rejection, all, all defeat. He knew where to go, and the scriptures say, say, David found strength in the Lord his God. Church, we're going to have to know in these last days how to remain strong in the Lord. I'm telling you, this is one of your major and my major assignments is no matter what weapon the enemy forms against us, we know where to go to receive strength from the Lord. May I hear an amen. Amen. And so David found himself in just seemingly an overwhelming position of defeat. Ziklag burned down. All the women, children, livestock, all their possessions, it was looted. His men, his own mighty men, were turning against him. And 
uh, the Amplified Bible. It says, David, verse 6, David was greatly distressed. I mean, this deeply affected him. I've been there. I've been there where I've been greatly distressed. And, you know, in, in spite of all the kindnesses of a human being, only the Lord could help me in that place of distress. Only he had the power. Now, it doesn't mean we don't need each other. I'm not saying that. But in the final analysis, only he could comfort me. And verse 6 in the Amplified says, David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Church, I want to reemphasize this. It is part of our assignment to stay strong in the Lord. We're called to do this. The Lord is depending upon us to do this. He only has his church to work through. We're his instrument. We're his body in the earth. And it is part of our assignment to stay strong. Let me define strength for you from the biblical perspective of strength. Strength is power that is beyond human ability. That accomplishes the mighty works of God. Let me repeat that. Strength is power that is beyond human ability that accomplishes the mighty works of God. Strength is power that comes from the Lord. I can't get this kind of strength lifting weights. I can't get this. Now, I I love to walk, and I used to be a ballet and tap teacher. I was doing that when I got born again. And uh, I used to be a school teacher, and then I'd go teach tap and ballet. I mean, I I love to walk. I, I enjoy physical activity. This is not that kind of strength. Yeah. This is, this strength comes from the power of the Lord. Listen, it is power that comes from the authority of God himself. If you're under his authority. If God is the authority in your life, this strength comes from his authority. This strength is the divine power that comes from his resources. The resources of heaven. He can strengthen us with the resources of heaven, even supplying all our needs. You know, I keep hearing about food shortages. Actually, in Africa, in the Horn of Africa, famine has already begun. Somalia, our neighbor, Kenya's neighbor, is Somalia in the Horn. And they are already in famine, and it is moving into Kenya. Why is this? 
Well, we've had drought. We had an attack of locusts from the Middle East. I don't know if you heard about that last year, and and uh, it, it went on for months. So there's no food reserve. They ate that up. We've been in drought. And most of the flour, a great portion of the flour that Africa uses and Kenya uses comes from the Ukraine. It's just that sort of, you could say, a perfect storm. Yes. And so, uh, but thank God, God has divine resources. Part of his mighty power is he has the resources that we have need of. Church, we're going to have to have that kind of strength in our life that comes from knowing the God of divine resources. Hallelujah. Divine strength, the power that I'm talking about, the strength that I'm talking about, it is divine strength, not human strength, not dependent on the things of the earth. You know, on earth, we depend on food, water and so on and so forth to be strong. We're not talking about that kind of strength. This is divine strength that comes from God's resources, divine power. It is the strength of the father, the strength of the son and the strength of the Holy spirit, the strength of the father The strength of the Son and the strength of the Holy Spirit is what God means when he says, be strong. Hallelujah. Be strong. It is his divine power. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. This strength is heavenly power from above. It is strength outside our human capabilities. And it is the power that only comes from the Lord. So when David pulled aside and strengthened himself in the Lord his God... He then called for the high priest, Abiathar, and asked him, Now, Abiathar, I want you to seek the Lord and uh, find out what we're to do. And Abiathar said, uh, The Lord says, Pursue and you will recover all. Now, church, that's divine strength. Hallelujah. That's divine strength. Pursue. So if I'm strong in the Lord, what am I doing? I'm pursuing. See, when the Lord gives us his strength, what does he give us strength to do? Pursue. Everyone say, pursue. Let's say it again. Pursue. So there's no room for passivity or a fatalistic attitude or throwing up our hands in the air and saying, well, what can we do anyway? No, the, the Lord says, be 
strong and pursue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an assignment to pursue. Hallelujah. And so I want to tell you what happened. David got those mighty men back together. And in 1 Samuel 30, listen to verses 17 through 20 in the NIV translation. Now, you know, God's power is at work when we read these scriptures. David fought the Amalekites from dusk until the evening of the next day. That's more than 24 hours in battle. (laughs) Hallelujah. And none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. Now listen, David recovered everything. Now church that take. So we're in the United States. I believe the Lord is saying recover everything. Recover everything. Don't give the United States over into the hands of the wicked and the unrighteous who do not know God and blaspheme God day and night. No, the Lord says, recover everything. David recovered everything. The Amalekites had taken, I'm so glad the scriptures mentioned this, including his two wives. (laughs) Nothing was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and the herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. Church, instead of retreating and being intimidated by all the things we hear and see coming on the face of the earth, we need to have the attitude, we're taking it back. It's the Lord's plunder. This is the Lord's plunder. Hallelujah. And there are so many examples of God's people doing the impossible. But to me, this is a great one. And they did not do it in their own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. How did David attain this strength? I want to tell you there are mysteries and secrets in the word of God that involve strength that are just amazing. One of the words for mystery. You know, all my notes, all my years of study are in Kenya. (laughs) So it's kind of like I don't even have my study books here. But 
I'll share with you that I've, I've really studied mystery. Do you know what happens when we pray in other tongues? What literally happens when we pray in other tongues is that we cross thresholds. You cross thresholds in the spirit. That's so important. I don't have time to teach on that today. But in the old covenant, uh, uh, a word for mysteries in the original language means to penetrate deeply. There are mysteries about being strong in the Lord. That the Lord will penetrate your inward heart, your soul. He will penetrate you deeply by his spirit. We wait to receive strength from the Lord. We wait on the Lord. And in that waiting, I'm I'm going to talk to you in just a moment about how to wait. But in that waiting, it's a mystery that God penetrates our inward man deeply to infuse us with his strength. When such a mystery is revealed to you and released to you, His strength is granted to you. In other words, I cannot give you a formula. Step one, step two, step three, you'll be strong. It doesn't work that way. This is so intimate between you and the Lord. Hallelujah. Let let me take you to Ephesians 6.10. In the New King James, it says, finally, my brethren. You know, the first nine verses are talking about the spiritual forces that oppose the kingdom of God and oppose the will of God. In every generation, there are spiritual forces fighting against the will of God. Such it is in our generation. But then Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I like the New English translation. Listen to this. It says, Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. That's the mystery you want to penetrate. Your own heart and your own soul. Is being strengthened in the Lord in the strength of his power. Well, how does this happen? 
Well, church is both active and passive. I years ago was an English teacher. So it's, you've heard of the active voice and the passive voice. Maybe you've heard of it or maybe not. A lot of people don't listen in English class (laughs) to things like that. All right, you don't exactly get a shout of joy when you say, all right, class, we're going to diagram some sentences. (laughs) So anyway, an active verb means you are doing something. But a passive verb means you're receiving something. You're receiving the action of that verb. So in one, you're doing the verb. In another, you're receiving from that verb. That's active and passive. Now, when we go to the Lord to be strengthened and to receive supernatural strength. It's called waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me say a few, a couple of things leading into that. We come to him. We humble ourselves before him. We entangle ourselves with our father. I, in teaching this in Kenya, we can have some of the most intricate, beautiful hairstyles that involve, there it's called weaving. I don't know what we call it here, but they still, we call it weaving here. They can sit there. Sometimes I lived My pastor, associate pastor, and his wife lived with me. And I would say to his wife, Tina, how long did you spend at the beauty shop today getting this intricate weaving on her head? And she says, five hours. I mean, it didn't happen with a snap of a finger. Five hours. And and that one hair is not going to produce much of an effect, but when you weave these braids and, and they put them in these intricate designs, oh my goodness, it is amazing. And that's what we do when we go before the Lord and wait on him. There is a weaving that takes place in our inner man. He weaves into us the strength that we need. He weaves into us ability where we're weak. He weaves into us a supernatural might to accomplish his will. That's what happens when we wait on the Lord and we come into union with him. Hallelujah. Let me come to this. How do we receive his strength? Well, we come before the throne of grace and mercy in the time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. And we ask him for strength. We ask for supernatural interaction 
with him. We ask, Father, where I am weak, I bring every weakness before you. And I worship you. You're the God of all might and power and dominion. And I ask you, weave your strength. Impart your strength to me. And we may supplicate. You may have issues in your heart. You supplicate to him about perhaps with tears. You may intercede. You may sing a song. Sometimes he has me walk the floor and supplicate on whatever issue he lays on my heart. And and then I, I might sing a song and walk the floor with thanksgiving to God that he's greater than any issue we're in prayer about. He is far greater than any attack of the enemy. Isaiah 40 verses 28 through 31 give us such clear understanding. And it begins with a question, have you not known? Don't you know this? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. So whatever attack the enemy launches, do you know it doesn't cause the Lord any discomfort whatsoever? Hallelujah. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, church, there is that position that we take in waiting before the Lord, where we open up our whole being to him. And, and church, these are intimate things, but you tell him how much you need him and love him. And want to serve him. There are dedications and prayers of dedication. Prayers of compassion that you pray. All kinds of yearnings that you express before him. What are you doing? You're entangling yourself. You're, you're, you're taking the initiative to come before the Lord. And open up your heart and express your desire For him and for his strength. We wait on the Lord to position ourselves. So there's the active part. See, we're the ones who make the choice to wait on the Lord. We make the decision. Lord, I, Holy Spirit, help me come into a divine position in the Lord. Through 
uh, prayers and reading of scriptures, singing, praying, asking, supplicating, many expressions that may be in your heart are all about positioning ourselves in the Lord. And we wait on the Lord for what he will do for us. Can I tell you what all he'll do? No, I don't even know what I need. I just know I need him. He knows my inward parts better than I know my inward parts. And he may lead me into, maybe maybe I've missed it. Uh, maybe I was disobedient. There may be confession that he leads me into. But to wait means I position myself before the Lord. It means I abide. I gather the threads of my life and I present them to him. It means to gather. To wait means to gather. It means to bind together. Church, it means to make something stronger. When we wait on the Lord... To renew our strength, something intricate takes place on the inside. It is the work of God strengthening me in miraculous and wondrous ways with strength that cannot be attained by any human agency. That is waiting on the Lord. He does, he does, he strengthens me to do things that without that strength, I'm absolutely not capable of doing. That's why Paul could say in Philippians 4.13, this is the Christian standard Bible, I'm able to do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. With the strength of the Lord, I'm able to do things I cannot do in my own strength. Hallelujah. Because I presented myself to him to wait on him. I opened my heart and I trusted the Holy Spirit. Help me be so real, so genuine, so honest. And the Holy Spirit grants that. And you just begin to pour out your heart before the Lord and open up your heart before the Lord. He then, While I wait on him, he becomes active to do the supernatural strengthening of my heart with his strength, his ability. This, I'm talking about a supernatural work strengthening me. It, this strength comes from heaven alone. 
and the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring, transmit from heaven, from God the Father in heaven, that which he has chosen to release to me and weave it into my very being. I can only receive that. That's passive. I'm receiving the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart. It's passive in the sense I can't do it and no human being can do it for me. I receive it. I receive supernatural strength from heaven. And it is woven into my heart and my being. Can someone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Church, it is our call to be strong. We are commanded, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This, This is part of every believer's assignment. Church, there is no day for us to be whipped down like a like an old dog, <laughs> you know, whipped down, utterly defeated, and without hope in this world. There is no day we can afford to live that way. Hallelujah. Not when we can be strengthened by the Lord. I want us to pray. And I want seven people to stand up and be willing to pray. Could seven people stand up, please, and be willing to pray? Thank you. Just stand up. One, two, three, four, five, six. I need one more. Seven. Seven. It. You guys decide. Number seven, okay. And there are some areas where we very much are instructed in Scripture that we should be strong in. And I want us to, yes, we're going to pray for ourselves. And then we're going to pray for Heritage of Faith Church. And the ministry here, Jerry Savelle Ministries. And all of our partners. So when you're praying, this is the scope of our praying. We very much want to pray for the church and all associated with the church concerning be strong. Hallelujah. And so, Miss Diane, would you please take Romans 4. 20 through 21, that we would be strengthened in faith. And this says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Don't waver at anything that you hear from the word of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So that we would be strengthened in faith. Would you please, dear, do 
be strengthened by grace. This is 2 Timothy 2.1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then number three, be strengthened with God's strength. And that is Ephesians 6.10. And then next to you, number four, be strengthened against all evil. And this is Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. Clothe yourselves with the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heaven. We will be strengthened against all Evil, And these are prayer points that each one of us should take up and pray and intercede. And then number five, yes, be strengthened to serve. First Timothy 1, 12 through 13. Be strengthened to serve. I'm grateful to the one who strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me faithful in putting me into ministry. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and an arrogant man, but I was treated with mercy because I acted in unbelief. Of course, that's Paul speaking. First Timothy 1, 12 through 13. And then number six, be strengthened to speak. 2 Timothy 4, 17. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. So that through me the message would be fully proclaimed for all the Gentiles to hear. And so I was delivered from the lion's mouth. That the gospel would be so proclaimed by all of us. We would be strengthened to speak. And then number seven, be strengthened for every circumstance. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content in any circumstance. I've experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I'm able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. Hallelujah. All right. Does everyone have our prayer assignments? Very good. Well, could we close with a time of prayer together. What are, we, what are we doing in this? We're strengthening ourselves in the word we've heard. When we pray like this, that word is being woven into our hearts. Hallelujah. And so just right where you're seated.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Are you ready to pray? Will the seven stand up, please? And uh, as for everyone else, you may remain seated. You may stand. You do what's in your heart to do. Let me... um, it's, all, it's one o'clock, two minutes after one, so we're not talking about long intercessions or, or anything. But it's important that we lift up the word and release our faith over the word that we've heard. And in giving you these scriptures, you can go forth and we continue with this prayer. Hallelujah. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our hearts before the throne of grace and mercy. We're so thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives today. Thank you for the spirit of understanding. The spirit of understanding how to be strong in the Lord and become stronger in the Lord. Father, I thank you for a release of your word today with light that you have put this command in our hearts that we are to be strong. You said, let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. And so, Father, as we present prayers before the throne of grace and mercy, I'm asking that you would strengthen each and every one of us with your supernatural strength and might and power in our inner man through your spirit in Jesus' name. Diane, would you launch us out? He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that he was what he had promised he was able to perform. So, Father, we just... Father, we thank you, Lord. We pray over all the ministries. We pray over uh, Jerry Savelle Ministries. We pray over the the entire church, the whole body, Father. We thank you that we are strong in the Lord, strong in the Lord, and you will perform that which you are able in this day. In this day that we're living in, you are giving performance to your word, Father, because your word never, ever returns void. We thank you, Lord. We are strong in the power of your might. Thank you, Jesus. This is 2 Timothy 2.1. 
So you, my son, be strong, constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have told your sons and daughters to be strong, Father, so we can do this. And we pray this over the ministry. We pray this over HFCC. We pray it over the ecclesia, the church, Father. We can be strong. We can be constantly strengthened, Lord. So help us to always be thinking about you being right there with us, Lord, that we can constantly be empowered in the grace, in your ability, in yes. your, your, your ability, your yes. power, Lord, your dutimus. And, Father, that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. So we thank you for it, Father, and we receive it for the JSMI, for HFMA, for the leadership, Father God, that they are walking in this. We all are walking in this, Lord, in our place. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Oh, Father, we thank you that as we waited on you and we continue to wait on you, you infuse us with that supernatural power to pursue and overtake and take back everything that the enemy has stolen. We recover all. And I thank you that that applies to everyone under the covering of Jerry Savelle Ministries. I thank you that we are all strong in the power of your might, your might, Father. We pursue, we pursue, as we wait on you, receive your strength, we pursue and overtake all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As in Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we against principalities, against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places and we just thank you father god we thank you father god as we all as the brothers and sisters and your sons and daughters put on the armor of god nowhere in your word does it say to take it off but to put it on and to keep it on and that is our protection father god from the principalities and all that satan has but father we come against that right now father god we come against the evil assignment against anything, against leadership in this church and heritage of faith, Father God. We come against that, Father God. Father God, we come against the evil assignment that has been placed upon leaders against Jerry Seville, Father God, ministries, Father God. There has been a cancellation notice that has been served to the devil and his principalities as we keep the suit of armor on, Father God. And we will see, Father God, your word be prevailed in this church, in this time, Father God. Because there are those that are coming from the east, the south, and the west that are coming here, Father God, to be served, Father God. And we will do your works, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, we go forth. In Jesus' mighty name. First Timothy 1, 12 and 13. 
And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, who has therefore before a blasphemer and a prosecutor and in Jesus, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the strength we count as grace unto us that we stand firmly, that we can do all things through Christ Jesus. And our congregation that we are part of in this group, that we will stand in that strength and the power and the might by of your Holy Spirit, that we can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthen us. And we come against the principalities and powers that cross our path daily. Through the blood of Jesus, we're conquerors. We shall overcome and we'll take. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll hold it. Yeah, you hold it. I won't take it away. Okay. God, you're a demonstrator of your power. And we do this a couple times a week with different ministries, but today we're here. And you look over America and you look over other nations and your desire is that they receive the utterance gift from heaven. We know that Brother Savelle will receive it for tomorrow's service. And we believe others are going to receive increases because your kingdom's always on the increase. So as they receive these utterance gifts, they'll have the boldness to speak them. And this scripture that was given to us today to fully proclaim so what we, we enter into the unlimited strength of God to fully proclaim these mysteries we already understand and fully know. And we thank you, Lord, that others are going to do a great job with it as well. So we believe everyone in here is included in this staff and this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians 4, okay, 11 through 12. Philippians 4, 11 through 12. Is it right here? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm praying Philippians 4, 11 through 12. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in every circumstance. I have experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. That's a prayer in and of itself. Thank you, Lord. We just declare that each member in here today that has heard Carla speak today, this will burn inside them because this is necessary. And Father, we come to you, all of us in agreement together, standing shoulder to shoulder. We're sort of kind of <laughs> there, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> and. And we just, we're going to march this out together. When one gets weak, 
We're going to gather around that one, and we're not going to leave them until they're strong again. Every circumstance. It doesn't have to be church-related. It can be work-related. It can be family-related. Trust me, we have a lot of those. And so, you know, we just, we just are going to be together. And God is watching over us. And we will recover all. Thank you. Did you receive anything today? Hallelujah. Can we give praise and honor to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful, so good, so kind. Father, may may every blessing which is in Christ Jesus be deposited in these dear people. In Jesus' name, amen. Man. Pastor Phil, thank you for having me. Thank you so much.